How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Meathead University podcast. Uh, today's episode will actually be a solo podcast. Max is currently enjoying some time with his family out in California. Uh, Max will be back for the third episode, so do not worry. He will be back. Uh, before Max left, me and him kind of discussed uh, that when we do these solo podcasts, that we're going to cover basic, uh, one basic educational topic and then throw in like a myth debunking sort of topic. So that's kind of what these shorter episodes will be like. Uh, before I get into today's topic, though, I just want to thank everyone that listened to our first podcast. Uh, Max and I greatly appreciate all the support from that. And it really uh, inspires us and motivates us to keep uh, putting out content for you guys. So we uh, greatly appreciate all the support from that. Uh, so diving into uh, today's two topics, the first topic, the basic uh, educational one, is going to be on basic nutrition for fat loss and muscle gain. And then the second topic will be uh, debunking the myth behind eating healthy is expensive. So that's kind of the gist of today's episode. And uh, so yeah, starting with uh, basic nutrition for fat loss and muscle gain. So when it comes to nutrition for fat loss and muscle gain, the most important thing does come down to one thing. Like, one thing doesn't determine everything, but there is one thing that kind of trumps everything else, and that would be calories. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you have heard of calories. If you if you found this uh, podcast, you maybe know don't know the calories, but if you maybe you do know the calories, but if you don't, uh, a calorie is just a unit of measure of energy. So one calorie is, or let's say like. A food has 50 calories and that means that's just like how much energy that that food has uh, so that's pretty much what calories are but our body uh, stores calories and burns calories okay so when we eat food our body takes those calories and it stores them you know and then it burns them so like calories are fuel for our body essentially that's really like basic and not scientific at all but it's I'm just trying to keep that simple but so Calories, I'm going to talk about calories nutritionally now. So calories determine the energy balance within our body. So I'm sure a lot of you have heard calories in, calories out. So what that is kind of like, if you're eating more calories than you burn within a day, you're going to gain weight. If you're eating less calories than you burn, you're going to lose weight. And if you're eating the same amount of calories that you burn every day, you're going to maintain your weight. So those three energy balance would be mate that I'm going to I'm going to refer to those three energy balances as maintenance calories, a calorie deficit and a calorie surplus. So I'm going to explain all three of those too. But I want to start with maintenance calories cuz I think maintenance calories uh is the most important to know when starting like or when getting into basic nutrition for uh fat loss or muscle gain. So maintenance calories would mean if you're calorie wise like if you're if the calories you're consuming would put you at maintenance that would mean that you aren't gaining weight and you aren't losing weight so that means that if you're burning or if you're eating 3000 calories worth of food a day your body is also burning 3000 calories so that would mean maintenance you're not eating more you're not eating less and then the second one that I'm going to talk about is a calorie deficit. So a calorie deficit would mean that if you're burning, again, 3,000 calories, in order to be in a deficit, you'd have to eat less than 3,000 calories. So again, if I'm burning 3,000 calories I would, and I'm eating 2,400 calories a day, that means I'm in a 600 calories uh, deficit. So that's a deficit. 
And then the last one is a calorie surplus. So again, 3000 calories. So if I'm, if my body's burning 3000 calories a day and I eat 3,500 calories a day, that would put me in a 500 calorie surplus. So, and obviously a calorie deficit is used to lose weight and a calorie surplus is used to gain weight for maybe muscle uh, gain or something. So, so now that you guys know what those are, you're probably wondering, well, how do I put my body into a calorie deficit or how do I put my body into a surplus? So that's where I'm going to take it back to maintenance calories. So maintenance calories are uh, real crucial to the rest of it because that will, knowing your maintenance calories will allow you to adjust, you know, like adjust into a, cat, a fat loss diet or adjust into a muscle gain diet. So I'm gonna, now I'm going to explain to you guys how you would find your maintenance calories. Uh, so there's two like real main ways you can do it. You can go on, you can literally go on the internet and type in uh, a calorie calculator. And what that's going to do is it's going to ask you for your age, your height, your weight, and then your activity level. So it's going to ask you four questions. And then from those four questions, it's going to determine, uh, and it's going to ask you another question. It's going to ask you like, is your goal to gain weight? Is your goal to lose weight? Or is your goal to, uh, maintain weight? So and if we're going to find maintenance calories, you would plug in your height, you'd plug in your weight, your age, your activity level, and then you would put, my goal is to maintain weight. And then that calculator is going to take all that information and it's going to calculate a number for you. And that number is going to be your maintenance calories, okay? But don't assume that that uh, number that it gives you is accurate because it's highly likely that that number that the calorie calcu calorie calculator gave you is not accurate so take it with a grain of salt be careful with it but it can be a great starting point a couple other things i want to cover about the online calorie calculators are the question where it asks you what your activity level is because a lot of people or a problem i see with this is a lot of people assume that they're way more or think they're way more uh active than they really are so like if you go to the gym every day, that's great. Keep doing that. But if you're going to the gym every day for an hour, even if you're working your ass off, working out super hard, but then the rest of the day you're, you come home and you're sitting on the couch watching TV, you're, I would consider you very inactive. So like when answering the question that asks how active are you throughout the day, like honestly kind of forget about your workout. Like consider it but don't like assume that just because you work out that you're active so like look at the rest of your day and how you the rest of your day uh is like laid out like if you like i said if you're sitting on the couch all day i would consider you sedentary like not active but if you have like a construction job or something where you're constantly moving constantly on your feet walking around you know that's more active like and that and that's like where most of your calories are burned that would be neat uh non-exercise non activity thermogenesis sorry can't really talk right now but yeah so base your activity level on like what you're doing outside of the gym because that's where most of your calories are burnt uh and the reason i'm covering that so much is because what happens is like i said someone who works out for an hour a day will answer that question and say yeah i'm super active i'm like i work out really hard and then what happens is the calorie calculator calorie calculator thinks like you work a construction job where you're moving all the time and it's going to tell you uh your maintenance calories are four thousand calories a day and the issue with that is then the people that uh 
misjudge their activity, take that 4,000 calories from the calorie calculator, they start eating 4,000 calories a day for two weeks, and then they put on 10 pounds of fat. And they're like, oh, calories in, calories out doesn't work. It's all bullshit. Like, no, it's not bullshit, actually. It, calories in, calories out does work. It's just that you totally overestimated how active you are. So active you are. So, yeah, just be super straight up with that. Uh, don't lie to yourself about it. So, yeah. Anyways, back to finding maintenance calories. So now that you have this number from the calorie calculator, which... It's going to put you probably in the ballpark if you're, uh, like, true with yourself about all the questions and stuff. It'll give you a, a rough estimate. So, and that's a great place to start. So now, when you, ha you have this starting number, and now what you can do with that starting number is start eating that much food. So, if the, like, if the calculator tells you to eat 2,800 calories, or, yeah, 2,800 calories to maintain your weight, then... What you're going to do is start eating that 2,800 calories for, let's say, two weeks, okay? So for the next two weeks, you're going to eat 2,800 calories. But then along with that two weeks, you're also going to track your morning weight or your weight, your body weight. And I said morning weight because I recommend being consistent with when you track your weight, your body weight, because uh, body weight fluctuates throughout the day and whatnot. And to get an accurate... Uh, picture if you're gaining weight or losing weight i would track it at a consistent time and what i recommend is right away when you wake up in the morning after you use the bathroom before you eat any food or drink any water just weigh yourself write it down okay so be consistent with when you weigh yourself and weigh yourself for the two weeks that you eat 2800 calories for two weeks okay and Another thing about consistency is be consistent with the food that you eat in that two weeks. Like if you want to find your true maintenance calories, just it's easier said than done, but try buckling down and just being super consistent with your food, uh, tracking your food, which I'll touch in a little bit, but like track your food, eat the sim, eat similar foods just so that there's like, that takes a lot of like air out of things. So that's what you're like, that's, this is the best way to find maintenance calories because what's going to happen is after that two weeks is up of eating 2,800 calories consistently and tracking your weight consistently, you're going to see that your body weight has either stayed the same, has increased or decreased while eating that 2,800 calories. So now when that two weeks is up, if your weight, if your body weight increased, that would mean that the 2,800 calories that the calorie calculator told you is a surplus. So if it's a surplus, you would have to decrease calories, okay? So maybe another 200 calories or whatnot. If your body weight didn't move at all and stayed roughly the same, that would mean that the 2,800 calories that the online calculator recommended is maybe pretty accurate of what your true maintenance calories are and you're probably good to go. But if your weight uh, dropped significantly or just like a pound or two over that two weeks that would mean that the 2800 calories is a deficit for you and you would have to increase your calories so unless your weight didn't change so or let's say your weight went up or went down then you need to keep then you need to adjust and continue for another two weeks so i'm gonna go with like you're eating 2800 calories after the two weeks is up your weight went up two pounds okay your weight went from 170 to 172. So now 
and that means that you're in a surplus because you gain weight. So now for the next two weeks following that, you're going to take, let's say, 200 calories away. So instead of eating 2,800 calories, weeks three and four, you're going to eat 2,600 calories, okay? So you're eating 2,600 calories for week weeks three and four. And then after weeks three and four are over, you're going to reassess everything, look at where your body weight is, and say your body weight didn't move at all. Like your body weight stayed at 170, that 172 because you went up two pounds. That would mean that you're finally at maintenance and that's going to give you a better uh, like a more accurate picture of what your maintenance calories are so and that was kind of a confusing explanation so if you have any questions feel free to dm me on my instagram which my instagram will be in the in the show notes so uh, please ask if you have questions uh, i'm sure you guys kind of noticed that this four weeks like that seems like a lot of time like who wants to do that but the thing is like it might be a lot of time, like four weeks, which it really isn't a lot of time, guys. Just it, If you want to succeed in this sport, you have to be able to sacrifice. You're not even sacrificing time. You just have to be willing to put in some time and effort. So, And it's going to be totally worth it if you have a really good picture of your maintenance calories because that is going to help in so many ways. So that's how you find maintenance calories. Oh, I wanted to touch on uh, tracking food too really quick. So... I'm not going to dive into tracking food super deep just because that's another topic and uh, there's so many kind of like ins and outs and other ways not to confuse you guys or worry you guys. But uh, it's really, it's not, it's not as hard as people uh, make it out to be. So what I would recommend, what what I do is I use a food scale and I weigh my foods. Uh, the, the biggest thing is just being consistent with how you weigh your food. So like, and a scale is going to be the most consistent just because like if you put uh, 100 or 85 grams of chicken on a scale like that 85 grams is going to be the same is going to be the same as the 85 grams the next day and the next day but if you use like say you're eating oatmeal or something and you want to do a half cup like a half cup that half cup might have 40 extra calories in it the next day so like it's not like using using volume over uh mass isn't as accurate when tracking food so if you want to be super accurate i would use a food scale and then to figure out like a nutrition label like if you literally look on the back of the box of whatever you're eating or on the package it'll usually say like serving size uh four ounces or and then say like we're looking at a chicken a packing of a package of chicken breast you look on the back and it says serving size four ounces and then there's 110 calories in that or whatnot. So take some chicken out, cut four ounces up, whatever. Four ounces is about the size of your palm usually. Uh, but yeah, just be consistent with it. And then in order to like keep track of your calories after you figured out how you're like you're measuring your calories out, uh, I I use uh my fitness pal. It's it's free. It's on the app store. It's pretty easy to use and especially nowadays that it literally the app has a barcode scanner so you literally like open your camera up within the app and it scans the barcode it brings the food up you can pick like the unit of measure that you are weighing your food out in or measuring your food out in and then you you, you just plug it in it's super like easy and there's so many tutorials out there on how to do it uh, but yeah tracking food like it shouldn't be something that stresses you out and well, I can't. I shouldn't say that because it can be stressful for, for some people. So just know your uh, limits and like what you're able to do when it comes to tracking food. But it is kind of necessary if you want to find your true maintenance calories.
uh yeah so that's kind of tracking food or whatnot so now that we know how to find maintenance calories what have what knowing maintenance calories allows us to do in the future is lose fat or gain muscle so if your maintenance calories are 3000 calories and your goal is to lose fat what you can do is slowly taper your cal taper your calories down from your maintenance calories so say you wanted to put yourself in a calorie deficit to lose weight and you were eating at maintenance for your whole life eating 3000 calories or whatever you would literally just start eating 2800 calories it's like scientifically or like due to the law of thermodynamics it's that simple if you're eating less calories than what you're uh, burning you're gonna lose weight uh so that's how you would adjust to be in a calorie deficit and obviously there's way more ins and outs to that uh but it it is that simple of a concept uh and again being super consistent with how you track your food how you uh, weigh your food and whatnot is gonna really help uh putting your body into different energy balances like a calorie deficit and whatnot and then uh a calorie surplus uh would be eating more food than your maintenance calories so again now that you know you now that you know your uh, maintenance calories are 3000 if you want to put yourself in an optimal state to gain muscle which would be a calorie surplus you could start eating 3500 calories and i'm not recommending that either i'm just using arbitrary numbers here but that's how you would adjust for a muscle gain diet. You would put yourself into a calorie surplus and knowing maintenance allows you to do that because well, maintenance means you're not gaining or losing. So if you want to gain weight, you obviously eat more than that. Uh, yeah, so that those are the three, uh, like, I'll maybe say like levels of energy balance or something related to calories like that. Uh, so yeah, that's that. Now, you guys are probably wondering like, okay, like, cool calories but what makes up these calories and that like t like well calories are a unit of uh, a unit of energy but like calories are like different but they're not like a calorie is a calorie but like there's what i'm trying to get at is macros make up your calories so macronutrients i don't know why i was getting so confusing with that or trying to be super like smart sounding i don't know it's not that smart it's not that crazy of a topic so anyways macronutrients so macro macronutrients make up your calories there there's three like main types of ma macronutrients and uh hold on guys i'm gonna take a quick drink of water here because my mouth is like completely dry and i obviously as you can tell i cannot talk right now so don't mind me drinking <laughs> all right sorry i'm i'm back I needed that. Okay. Back to what makes up calories. Macronutrients. So the three macronutrients we have are proteins, fats, and carbohydrates. So protein, fats, carbs. Okay. So what's important about these? Well, back to calories, uh, protein, carbs, and fat all have calories within them. So what I mean is we're going to go by grams here, okay? Like unit of measure, a gram. So one gram of protein equates to four calories. So one gram of protein has four calories of energy. One gram of carb also has four grams. No, sorry. 
one gram of carbs also has four calories. So proteins and carbs both have four calories. And then fats, on the other hand, have nine calories. So fats are a lot denser in calories. So I hope you're kind of seeing like where I'm going with this. So if one gram of protein has four calories, then how many grams of protein a day can you eat to stay within your calories? Okay. And same with carbs and fats. And that's what we're going to talk about next. Like how to determine what your macronutrient breakdown is within your calories. Okay. So we're going to go off of, uh, we're going to go back to saying maintenance calories is 3000 calories. Okay. So that's our maintenance calories. And then we're going to break that down into our macronutrients. So the recommended, uh, amount of protein you should eat per day is around one gram per pound of body weight so for me i weigh 180 pounds so i should be eating 180 grams of protein a day okay so that's how much protein i'm eating in grams but how many calories is that so 180 grams of protein would mean 180 times four because four grams per gram four calories per gram would equal 720 calories okay so out of my 3,000 maintenance calories, 720 calories are coming from the 180 grams of protein. Because 180 times 4, 720. Okay? Now, fats. Well, another thing I want to say quick before I move on to the, the other carbohydrates. With protein, because the recommended amount of protein per day is 1 gram per pound of body weight. That's like that's kind of like an essential thing. We're just going to keep it simple and keep it at that too. So it's essential because it uh, helps fuel your muscles for like protein synthesis and building muscle and everything else that's important to bodybuilding pretty much. I'm not going to dive into that either. That's another topic. But protein is essential. You need to be eating your protein and you should be eating one gram per pound body weight. No questions. Just do that. Or unless <laughs> actually, if you have bad kidneys, talk to your doctor about how much protein you eat because and don't tell them that you yeah, just talk to your doctor about that. I can't recommend how much protein you can eat. But if you're healthy and have great kidneys, you should be fine eating one gram per pound body weight. Sorry, I'm getting messages here. That's my bad. Uh, okay, back to uh, macronutrients. Also, to within a fat loss diet, a maintenance diet, and a muscle gain diet, protein should always be the same across the board. You're never switching. You, well, again... It's up to you and what works best to your, for your body, but protein should always be around the same amount, okay? So now we're going to go into fats, okay? Fats are a little different because they're so calorie dense that you really don't, like, you You don't need a whole lot of fats, but there is a range that's optimal for uh, things like hormone health, uh, brain health, uh, just overall like longevity and how you feel mood like so many things uh fats are essential for so you have to be eating fats and the range for fats is typically anywhere from 0.3 to 0.5 grams of fat per pound of body weight so looking at me again i weigh 180 pounds so and this is pretty accurate to how i eat too so if i weigh 180 pounds and if the range of how much fat I should be eating is 0.3 to 0.5 grams per pound of body weight, I'm going to go in the middle and go with 0.4 grams, uh, 0.4 grams per pound. So that would mean 180, my body weight times 0.4 equals 72 grams of fat. So that's how I find out how much fat a day I'm eating. 
So again, 180 times 0.4 equals 72 grams of fat. Okay, so now that I know that I'm eating 720, 720, that'd be a lot of fat. I'm not eating 720 grams of fat. So now that I know that I'm eating 72 grams of fat daily, how many calories is that? Okay, so because one gram of fat is nine calories, I will take 72, multiply it by nine, and that gives me 648 calories. Okay, so 72 grams of fat every day which equate for 648 calories. So I'm gonna go back to my maintenance calories, which is 3000. And now I'm gonna explain how to find carbs, how many carbs uh, you should be eating out of your 3000 calories. So back to maintenance calories, 3000. So like uh, I mentioned before, or we went over this before, I'm eating 180 grams of protein, which make up 720 calories. Okay, so 3,000 calories minus 720 calories, uh, and then minus the 648 calories from uh, the fat that I'm eating would leave me with a leftover amount of calories, which will be which will be distributed into carbs. That didn't really make sense. So, anyways, 3,000 minus 720 calories from protein, and then also minus 648 calories from uh, fat, leaves me with a leftover amount of cal a leftover of 1,632 calories. So that 1,632 calories is gonna be devoted strictly to carbs. That, this is how I do it. This is, this is just like finding a balanced diet. It's got a good amount of fat, perfect amount of protein and then a good amount of carbs so that leftover amount of calories so the 1632 calories i'm going to divide by four because there are four calories per gram of carbs so 1632 calories divided by divided by four will leave me with 408 grams of carbs so now i have all my macronutrients figured out I'm eating 180 grams of protein, I'm eating 72 grams of fat, and I'm eating 408 grams of carbs. All of that combined together on a calorie, uh, calorie-wise equates to 3,000 calories, okay? So that's how my calories personally will be split up in a maintenance diet. And that's what I do when I'm in a maintenance diet, actually. It's like exactly what I do. Uh, so now, if I wanted to go into a calorie deficit, where I would start with the current macros that I listed is, I would probably start with, because my fat was set at 0.4, and fats are super calorie dense and less fulfilling, You like less filling usually, I would probably take my uh, first hit of calories from my fat. So what I would do is I'd probably decrease how much fat I'm eating daily. So instead of eating that 72 grams of car, 72 grams of fat, Maybe I'll drop it down to whatever 0.3 uh, grams. Yeah, whatever 0.3 grams of fat per pound of body it would be. And that might be, I don't know off the top of my head, but that might be closer to like 64 grams of fat a day. So that's going to put me in a calorie deficit because 64 grams uh, obviously has less calories than 72 grams. Uh, you can also take away from carbs. So... Say I wanted to keep my fats where they're at, I could take away 50 grams of carbs. 
from the 408 grams that I was eating during maintenance, that would put me in a calorie deficit. Uh, and it's literally, it's pretty, it's the same concept for putting yourself in a surplus. For me personally, when I go into a surplus, I'll leave fats in that optimal range for what my body weight is. So I won't really touch fats unless I'm having a really hard time eating a lot of food, which personally, I love food, so that's never an issue. So I always add more carbs, and that's just what works best for me. So if I want to go into a calorie surplus to gain weight, I'm probably going to add anywhere from 50 to 100 grams of carbs, and that's going to put me in a nice surplus. So that's how you... And that's why maintenance calories are so important because knowing that allows you to easily adjust into a fat loss diet and into a muscle gain diet. So that pretty much covers uh, calories, maintenance calories, uh, a calorie deficit, calorie surplus, how to find it, and then like what makes those calories up. Before I get into the last topic for today, I also want to cover some good, like some good food sources because sometimes like people do wonder like, oh, okay, like I need, I know I need protein, but like, where do I get this protein from? So that's kind of what I'm gonna go over now. Uh, some great sources of protein. Uh, I'm gonna go over some animal ones and I'll be honest, I don't really know any like uh, vegan uh, protein sources off the top of my head. I'll try to list some, but uh, if anyone out there is vegan and here's what I said, here what I, uh, totally disagrees with me, please feel free to blast me on that because I'll be honest, I don't know a whole lot about vegan uh, eating. Anyways, back to uh, protein. So some good sources of protein are obviously your chicken. Chicken's a great source of protein. So you can eat chicken breast or chicken thighs. Both are great. Chicken thighs are going to be a little higher in fat, but they're going to probably taste better. Uh, some more sources of protein. Uh, beef. So that could be ground beef. It could be like a steak or like anything like that. Those are all great sources of protein. Uh, fish, cod, uh, salmon, tuna, whitefish, tilapia. Those are all super good sources of protein. Uh, a lot of dairy products are really good in protein. Dairy, you gotta be, you don't have to be careful. I mean, there's nothing to be scared of unless you're lactose intolerant, uh, which then I would be scared of dairy. But if you're not, dairy is great source of protein. Or if you have digestive issues and are sensitive, which I think. Is similar to lactose and i don't know i'm not gonna get into that because i don't know about that really but yeah if you can eat dairy without getting sick dairy is a great source of protein so like greek yogurt uh milk uh cottage cheese cheese kind of cheese is more of a fat than anything in my opinion but yeah dairy can be great protein powders so whey protein casein protein uh, those are great sources of protein. A lot of people are scared of them, but again, if your stomach can handle them, uh, I don't really see an issue with them. Uh, eggs, whole eggs, uh, egg whites. Egg whites are going to be more like of a concentrated protein. So what's, if you're really trying to get a lot of protein in, egg whites are a great way to do that. Again, if your body can handle it. Uh, and then on the vegan side of things, I know there's a lot of like protein powders that are like plant-based, so like soy or like pea protein and i don't know a whole lot about that but that's definitely if you're going that route i would maybe consider looking that way uh the thing about vegan pro like if you want to if you're vegan and are trying to get in enough protein you have to eat like substantially a lot like you have to eat way more protein than what you would have to do if you're eating an animal-based diet and which is fine uh but th the reason behind that is because animal usually animal-based diets like the proteins within them, the amino acid uh, 
complex like the amino acids within the protein is somewhere it's it's i need water one more time i'm sorry guys this is getting bad uh, anyways the amino acid breakdown within animal proteins is way more complete than plant proteins so the nine essential amino acids and like leucine and all that in animal proteins is usually way more abundant so you have all the amino acids you need to uh, spike mTOR and like get muscle protein synthesis in the body started but plant proteins on the other hand don't there's not a lot of complete plant sources plant protein sources out there so you have to eat way more in order to get all the aminos in that might have been confusing uh hopefully it made a little bit of sense but yeah that's protein i'm sure i missed some uh other protein sources but those are all pretty good starts or should give you a good start to where to go for from here uh some carb sources uh your typical rice rice is a good carb it's easy digesting i wouldn't get yeah you can eat it yeah rice is good so white rice brown rice both great carb sources bread don't be scared of bread unless you're like uh unless you're gluten tolerant then maybe i wouldn't eat bread again someone talk to your doctor about uh so bread don't be scared of bread it's not gonna make you fat unless you eat a whole loaf every day which would mean you're eating way too many calories anyways off topic carb sources other carb sources, uh, potatoes, white potatoes, sweet potatoes, great sources of carbs. White potatoes are typically faster digesting for most people. Sweet potatoes are usually slower digesting. Uh, oatmeal, oatmeal is a great source of uh, carbohydrates. It's one of my favorites. I'll typically have that in the morning just because it's more filling. It's slower digesting than like a rice or something just because of the fiber in it and there's a little bit of fat. Uh, but yeah, oatmeal is really good. Uh, cream of rice is really good. Uh, cream of wheat. What else is there? Uh, vegetables and fruits are carb carb carbs, uh, but they're really low in carbs. So like, I mean, they can be great additions to like a bowl of cream of rice or something. But if you're gonna try eating a hundred grams of carbs from strawberries, like you're probably gonna be eating twenty pounds of strawberries, and I don't know who wants to eat twenty pounds of strawberries. So, uh, but yeah, but fruits and veggies are definitely carbs really low in them and then the last source or the last macronutrient is fats uh fats you can get fat from nuts so almonds cashews pistachios walnuts any sort of nut is going to be fat uh butters so like almond butters uh peanut butter cashew butter again pretty much any nut butter is going to be uh really high in fat oils um like macadamia nut oil kind of get the theme here with nuts i think right pretty much any nut is going to be fat but yeah uh macadamia nut oil coconut oil fuck excuse my language coconut oil there's another nut oh i'm starting to make, okay all right i gotta relax i'm starting to laugh at myself here uh avocado <laughs> avocado oil is a great sort is a great oil great for fats uh extra virgin olive oil i would stay away from like soy oils and like lectins and all that just because they're really processed and like pr like they're not pressed i think they're what would they call that i don't know but what happens is they go through all this processing and they become really tolerant or they, they become really intolerant to heat so when you cook with them 
they kind of like give off all these like carcinogens and all this bad stuff that this is just kind of like my theory but they it causes inflammation within your body and it's just not good so if you're gonna go the oil route just make sure you're using a good oil like an extra virgin olive, extra virgin olive oil or a, some sort of nut oil because there's macadamia coconut all those oils are great avocado oil uh so other sources of fat uh avocados in general are good sources of fat uh dairy can be pretty high in fat so like dairy sources usually sometimes can be higher in fat eggs whole eggs not egg whites egg whites have no fat but whole eggs are really good sources of fat one of my favorite personally uh salmon so fatty fish salmon's a great source of fat uh mackerel i believe is higher in fat uh some other sources of fat are seeds not nuts but seeds so like chia seeds or flax seeds uh sunflower seeds pumpkin seeds those all have fat in them they're all pretty good fat sources too so yeah those are fats like those are like all like the what you guys probably notice with those foods are they're all whole foods and you guys are all probably thinking oh those are all such boring foods and whatnot and it's like they're not really boring if you like use spices and use low calorie sauces like gq's barbecue sauce that stuff is so damn good if you haven't like if you're not using gq's I don't know what you're doing because you're really missing out. Uh, Max and I literally like we love that stuff so much. We'll be in the weight room talking about G Hughes, and it's 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 so funny actually. Uh, anyways, but yeah, consider looking in the G Hughes barbecue sauce. They have all sorts of all sorts of flavors, and it really uh, spices food food up and makes it not boring. So yeah, get creative with your food, uh, but honestly, in my opinion. To eating whole foods is just like the way to go because you just, I don't know, just personally, this is just my opinion. I perform way better when I have whole foods going through me, whole foods in me constant, constantly. I've tried the diets where it's like, uh, I don't know, it's just, it's more like processed foods and stuff and just be, just kind of worrying about, well, cal calories are the only thing that matter, which they do, like. If you're trying to lose fat, you got to eat less calories than you burn. But if I can get those now, that now where I'm at now, knowing what I know now, if I can get those calories to cleaner, better sources, I just feel better in general. If it's coming from processed stuff where it's just filled with a bunch of crap that isn't natural, I guess, I usually don't feel good. And I've been doing this for a while now that I can say that I personally do see a difference from eating whole foods versus all the processed stuff and don't get me wrong i do eat processed food like g hughes i don't know how barbecue sauce could taste that good and be sugar-free so i'm sure that is super processed and who knows it might kill me one day but it's amazing uh, and i like i consume protein powders which are usually pretty processed and stuff so like i do have processed things that i eat uh which definitely helps uh keep things interesting in the diet but I always just like sticking with whole foods. Uh, I perform better. I feel better. My skin stays clear. Uh, just so many benefits to eating quality food. But yeah, so that should pretty much cover uh, everything in basic nutrition. Like I said, it wasn't a super deep topic. I kind of just wanted to give the gist of like where to start if you're completely new to this. So I hope that should help if you're new to this. Uh, Again, if you guys have any questions, please feel free to DM me. 
uh if you have a specific question i might be able to like answer it more like detailed and give you a little more what you need to hear or something because i'm trying to just again cover basic stuff here for like general people getting into this but if you have a more detailed question uh i actually am pretty knowledgeable about nutrition and stuff so i'm not a dietitian i'm not a nutritionist nutritionist so i'm not going to recommend anything to you guys because i don't want to get in trouble but i can definitely help so please feel free to dm me on instagram and again my uh username on instagram will be in the show notes i don't feel like uh spelling it out again that's a really long last name and first name uh yeah so that's yeah that's pretty much all there's okay actually there's one more thing i want to cover about uh muscle gain diets so like a surplus or even in a fat loss diet if you can afford this on a calorie wise so in our body we have uh a lot of hormones, but two that I'm specifically going to refer to are insulin and cortisol. So when we eat carbohydrates, our body spikes insulin. And a lot of people are scared of that, but it actually is a good thing. And I'm going to explain why here, because we also have cortisol in our body and in and insulin and cortisol are inverse to each other. So when in, when insulin is high in the bloodstream or in the body, cortisol is low. And as we know, cortisol is a stress hormone. Or it's it's a lot more than just a stress hormone, but we're just going to refer to it as the stress hormone for this uh, topic. But so cortisol can be good in context, like when in the right situations, when, when it's needed, cort- uh, cortisol is great. But at high levels, if your body's constantly at high levels of cortisol, that can be bad because it can cause or cortisol is catabolic and what i mean is it breaks muscle down so at high levels cortisol will start to break muscle down and uh use it for energy and whatnot other things along with breaking muscle down it can uh decrease bone mass and bone density which obviously is also not good so by eating carbs when you spike insulin it lowers cortisol which is like pretty ideal like that's a pretty ideal place to be in if you're trying to gain muscle because why would we want to be in it why would we want a chance putting our body in a state of catabolism uh or a catabolic state it's not like i said cannibalism uh, yeah so that's something just to consider uh obviously play with your own macros maybe you like eating more fat than carbs so if that works for you whatever works for you whatever you can stick to whatever is sustainable for you is going to be the best diet so just because i think eating higher carbs is good doesn't mean it's going to work for you but it's just a little bit of something to think about if you're trying to make up your diet so yeah literally eating a piece of bread could help you retain more muscle even though everyone says it makes you fat just thought. Anyways, I'm going to wrap that section of today's episode up and I'm going to kind of jump into the myth that I mentioned before, which is uh, eating healthy is expensive. Uh, eating healthy can be expensive. I'm going to say that right off the bat. It really can be expensive. I spent a lot of money on the foods I eat, but uh, I'm, I've gotten a lot better and it really isn't expensive, guys. Like if you want to eat healthy, there's a way to do it and there's a way to do it cheaply. I don't know if that's a word, but there's a way to do it cheap. <laughs> so for example, if you want to, if you're broke and 
you need to get a lot of carbs in, you can literally buy a 10 pound bag of rice for, I don't know, like five bucks and 10 pounds of rice. That's a lot of rice guys. Like that'll last you quite a while. Uh, so like probably two, three weeks, I would imagine. I think I have, I have like a 20 pound bag of rice down there that in my basement that I've had for like three weeks now. And I don't even think I'm halfway through it and I eat quite a bit of rice. Uh, so yeah, rice, super cheap carb. Potatoes are also very cheap. You can buy a five, eight pound bag of a five or eight pound bag of uh, potatoes for like five or like not even five dollars, like three dollars. And that's like a whole week's worth of potatoes. So again, another great carb. Bread, you can find cheap breads. Breads are usually cheap. Uh, store brands, usually if you buy a store brand, it's going to be cheaper, like significantly cheaper. So I would recommend doing that. For example, no offense, but Quaker Oats are like, like a thing, a tub of Quaker Oats is like $5, but the local store that I shop at, if I buy their store brand, it's like two fifty. It's like half the price. So just be smart about what you're buying because Quaker isn't any better than the store brand. Uh, anyways, and so yeah, those are cheap carb sources. Uh, what, what was I going to go with that? Oh, so protein sources. So tuna fish so fish or tuna is a great source of protein and the thing about tuna is it's really cheap like extremely cheap so a can of tuna like one of those little like two ounce or three ounce cans of tuna is like 80 cents especially if you buy the store brand back to that so you could buy like 10 of those and it's going to cost you like maybe six dollars and 10 cans of tuna is a lot of tuna that'll last you a week or whatever um so that's a cheap source of protein Another cheap source of protein is uh, chicken breast. You can buy about two pounds of chicken for roughly anywhere like like $9. And two pounds of chicken, that'll last you a while. So definitely cheap proteins out there. Uh, Tuna is always extremely cheap. Chicken breast, pretty cheap. Also, I've noticed that stores oftentimes run deals on ground meat. I don't know if because ground meat uh, maybe expires quicker or something like that. But you can usually always you can always find like a good deal on ground meat. And the thing with ground meat is that uh, the leaner it is, so like the less fat in it, the more expensive it's going to be. So again, if you're trying to save money, you might have to sacrifice some macros for some money. So like buying the eighty five percent lean instead of the ninety six percent lean, that might save you four dollars. So be smart there. Uh. So those are great sources of protein that are relatively cheap, uh, that aren't going to break the bank and shouldn't break the bank. And then fats, some cheap fast fat sources are avocados, uh, especially if you buy like, I don't know, uh, you can buy like, yeah, avocados. They're, I don't think they're that expensive. I really don't know. I don't look at the price anymore. That sounded really cocky. Uh, <laughs> I... I couldn't imagine avocados being expensive, maybe like $4 for four. So they might be like a buck a piece, which really isn't that bad because uh, an avocado, like I said, is a fat source, higher in calories. It's probably going to last you longer. Uh, oils, oils are cheap. If you buy like just like a basic uh, extra virgin olive oil, you might get like a, a liter bottle for like 10 bucks, which is a lot of oil. Again, very calorie dense. That's going to last you a while. Peanuts are cheap. Uh, eggs i don't know how i forgot about eggs you can literally buy a dozen eggs for uh like 50 cents 
and that's a great fat source and it's also a really good protein source so start eating some eggs egg whites also pretty cheap so like what i'm trying to say here guys is just be smart about what you're buying uh there you can eating healthy does not have to be expensive it can be expensive especially if you're buying everything organic too like if money's an issue don't even worry if it's organic or not because organic is more of a marketing thing than anything like if you're buying organic food to be healthy you better have everything else in your life and diet and your training dialed in perfectly because the only time buying organic food is going to make a difference is when everything else is dialed in like it's literally splitting hairs so don't think you have to buy organic to eat healthy it's not true uh Oh yeah, and another cheap, great food source is usually uh, like fruits and vegetables. They can they can be expensive, but uh, if you buy in season, so like if strawberries or oranges are in season, like they're growing currently, they're going to be cheaper because the demand for them isn't as high. So buying stuff that's in season, fruits or vegetables, is going to be cheaper. Uh, I know personally right now when I meal prep, I think three containers, which lasts me a whole week, cost like $5.00 three containers of strawberries i didn't clarify that so like five bucks for a whole week's worth of strawberries not bad at all so it's definitely doable so there's definitely cheap ways to do this guys doesn't have to be expensive you don't have to get crazy about it uh food is food uh calories are calories try to keep it clean and whatnot and yeah it's not gonna be expensive okay one more thing i want to cover before i go for today is also you have to realize that priority in this is huge so like where are your priorities like if you're if you're the guy saying or guy or girl saying oh eating eating uh healthy is so expensive but then you're going out to eat four times a week like going out to eat four times a week probably could be a week and a half week and a half worth of groceries money wise so like have your priorities set know like what's important to you and i'm not saying don't go out to eat because it's great to have balance and you need to socialize and do those things but if you're if you're serious about this and you want to lose fat or if you want to gain muscle or maybe if you're gaining muscle you can go out to eat more but if you want to lose fat let's say you probably shouldn't be going out to eat four times a week so money for groceries shouldn't be an issue if you are going out to eat four times a week and want to lose fat I don't know if that like made sense, but I think you guys get the point. So yeah, like, and, or if you're the guy that's trying to gain muscle, but you're spending 40 bucks a week on cases of beer, like again, dude, priorities. I don't think 40 bucks worth of beer a week is too conducive to muscle gain. Uh, so uh, yeah, just again, priorities, where are they at? It's going to help a lot. It's going to help you figure stuff out and like where to go with your money is spent and stuff but anyways guys i think that's all for today's episode that's kind of starting to get off topic there at the end so appreciate you guys for listening in uh if you have any questions like i said my uh instagram dm will be in the show notes uh i will also put max's instagram uh tag in the show notes uh so if you'd rather ask max than me i get it max is way smarter than i am he's better looking than me he's just a better dude so if you want to ask ask max feel free uh that's fine. I get it. But we are both willing to answer your guys' questions. And uh, yeah, again, thank you for listening in today's episode. And I'll see you guys next time.